Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are excited to talk some baseball, some softball, some men and women's basketball. Um, But before we dive into that, I need to bring on my inverted co-host, Mr. Lane Brady, who is upside down as we speak. (laughs) What's up, Lane? Hey, 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 Chuck. I forgot. Sorry, I've always wanted to say it. (laughs) So I got to say it this time. Uh, yeah, I flipped my camera back to normal now. So there you go. Playing around with the video feature on this thing, guys. It's a good time. Yeah, it's playing around a little too much, y'all. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Chuck, how you well, doing, man? Man, I'm going to be real. I'm a little tired. I was telling our guests and paid earlier. Uh, last night, I realized that I am not 25 anymore or in my 20s. I... Went to Ocean Springs from Purvis to watch my cousin band down there at Neon Moon. Uh, and, you know, they killed it. But I didn't get home till 2.30. And then I, by the time I took a shower and all that, it was like three something before I got in bed. And, man, I'm telling you, I am not a young guy anymore. Oh, yeah. Chuck. I could have told you that. <laughs> all right. <I> mean, <laughs> my birth certificate yeah. says it too. <laughs> That's rough, son. Yeah. What well, did you do good? Did you have a good time? I did. Jacob and the Bird Dogs. Um, y'all ever get a chance? Check them out on Spotify and all that, man. We had a blast. It was much needed. Um, worth every minute, for sure. Good deal. Good yeah. deal. How about man, you? We, uh, man, it, it's, I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, I didn't get to get to the Pete as often as I wanted to this weekend. I had some other stuff come up, but um, glad to see we pulled out a big sweep. Uh, a little disappointed at how the basketball tournaments went, but we got a long show to talk about all that. Aside from that, I'm I'm good, man. We do, we do. Well, uh, our guest this week is uh, a guy you and I met at the LSU regional last year. They were sitting in front of us, and I think he was uh, our number three fan. So it was our moms, and then Mr. Yeah, Mickey wasn't Kelly. He, wasn't he like our first subscriber? I don't think I my think mom so. knew how to subscribe, so <laughs> right. I think he was our first subscriber. We were sitting behind him at a regional, and we were joking, saying like, hey, guys, Everyday Eagles, like and subscribe, telling everybody. Right. I think we had one yeah. episode out at the time or something. I think so, yeah. And then he turned around and was like, I got y'all, and hit it. So That's right. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, well, Mickey, are you there, man? I'm here. I'm here. And to be fair, I think I was number seven. Okay. So <laughs> give, <laughs> I don't want to take too yeah, much credit. So you, give your mom her props, you know. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And guys, Mickey, actually, if you listen to our episode on the pride of Mississippi, Mickey is the father of Katie Kelly, who was on that show. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool little connection there. Yeah, that's right. That was a um a very good episode. I appreciate you guys doing that and 
giving the spotlight to those guys that work very hard. Very what hard, they do. yes. They are some hardworking crews over there for sure. It was a fun, it was a fun crew too. Like, we that was, we that learned was a, a fun, lot. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun night, mostly because I don't know much about like, you know, I wasn't a very musically inclined person. So, uh, you what? know, like you just, you know, it's always good to learn some stuff on the fly. I'm sure I asked them some dumb questions, but we had a good time nonetheless. No such thing as a dumb question, Lane. That's right. Just dumb answers. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Mickey, we like to ask all our, our guests these kind of uh, first few questions. Um, and one is, what made you an Eagle fan, man? Okay, so, you know, I don't have the story of my, you know, a lot of people have their family, you know, grew up Southern Miss fans, grew up in the area. And, you know, my dad, I believe he was an old Miss fan, um, you know, because he grew up in the era of Archie Manning. And, but, you know, we didn't go to games or anything like that. So at about the fourth grade, and I'm going to date myself here, which would have been about 1984, a friend of mine asked me to come over and spend the weekend with him. So I went and I didn't know this, but it was spring football at Southern Miss. And his dad, I believe, was a former offensive lineman at Southern Miss, I guess, in the 60s. So that was my first experience. And I remember going down to the game. I don't remember much about spring practice, but what I do remember is me and my friend, we were kind of given the, you know, hey, y'all go do what you want to do. And I remember going, and um, at the time, we had the Eagle on campus, and I remember going over there and seeing that and just thought how really cool that was. And then walking back to the stadium after spending some time over there, and this is something I'll never forget, and I tell my wife this, um, but as we were walking, there was a truckload of college kids and a full of girls in the back that uh, kind of gave us the whoop whoop as, you know, as they passed by us. And I was like, man, I love this place, you know? And so that was kind of the beginning for me, you know, just being down there. And then I remember, I think the next year is when we had the, um, the NIT run. Um, so I, I remember just falling in love with Southern Miss, um, because one, I could relate to them, and you guys will probably understand this too, is that, um, you know, at Southern Miss, being a fan of Southern Miss, we, we work hard for everything. You know, nothing's handed to us. You know, we are we're your everyday people, just like your podcast, you know, everyday guys. And I, I related to that, you know. And so that's kind of what started started me as being a Southern Miss fan, and I, I just love it so much. And, you know, I just, I, as you say, bleed black and gold because I feel it in my core um, that, you know, we work hard for everything and, and nothing is just handed to us. So when we earn something and we win something, we've earned it. I, I agree, man. I think we're a, a blue collar school for sure. Hard workers. Um, so see ladies, if, if you're wondering why you don't have a man, it's because you're not driving in the back of the truck yelling whoop, whoop. So <laughs> I mean, it's a recruiting tactic. What are we waiting that on? Is, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you imagine yourself 10, 12 years old walking across campus and you see some girls, you know, just driving by and, you know, that was like, wow, you know, and I don't know what the student ratio is down there now, but I know the, the, the women out, outnumber the men pretty, pretty good. Sign my letter of intent right on the spot. Right. Huh? <laughs> no, no, and I remember the Eagle. Lane, do you remember the Eagle being at Southern Miss? I, I used to, my mom used to take me by and we'd look at it. I remember that. Yeah, and I got to go to the zoo to see him on Nugget. Right. right. 
Oh He's my at the zoo. Every, every time we go to the zoo with Mason, we make Mason stop and wave at him and take a picture with him. That's funny. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, number two question, Mickey. Uh, what's your all-time favorite Southern Miss moment, other than meeting me and Lane, of course? Well, yeah, you know, y'all took care of that for me in the, in the opening of the show, so I can we can just skip past that. Um, but I, I want to do it a little different, if y'all don't mind, and how y'all normally do it. I've actually got four, if that's okay, and just absolutely, man. Hear me out. I'm gonna break it down a little bit differently. So I want to go with basketball first. My my favorite basketball memory was like 2012 when we had the whiteout game against Memphis. Um, Donnie Tyndall era, you know, you know. I, say what we want to say about him and what happened, but there's no doubt the man could coach and that if you were at that game or saw that game, the atmosphere, the closest thing would have been a few weeks ago when we did it again. Um, and a matter of fact, I think it was at 10 years to the day. Um, but as far as basketball, that, that was something else. Um, that, that, that atmosphere um, during that game was something else. And I think it's like the only time we've probably beat Memphis, I believe. Um, so that's it for basketball. Um, football, I'm going to go back. I know a lot of people say TCU. Um, I was at that game. That was a great game. Um, but for me, it was the year before when we played Illinois. Um, I think it was the second, maybe third game of the year. Um, but if y'all don't remember, they were in the Sugar Bowl the previous year. And that day, it rained hard the first half. And Derek Nix ran all over them. I think he went and got an IV at halftime. Um, just that performance there, I, that seeing him uh, run like that against a Big Ten school um, was something else. And that team was loaded too. Etrick Pruitt, I think, had two interceptions. Pruitt that had game. one of the best interceptions I've ever seen in person that game. I remember they threw it and he like spun and yeah. dove and made a, a ridiculous interception. I remember that's what I was about right. to say. The Etrick Pruitt interception is the first thing I think about every time someone mentions that Illinois game. Right. Um, he, he was he was one of my favorite defensive backs because that's, that's one of those guys that I never would have wanted to get hit by. He laid some massive licks against guys in his time there. Um, but, yeah, that game was just – it just stood out for me. I remember it um, Remember it like it was yesterday. Um, they had they had a punt return. I think they had a fumble return. So, I mean, you got a little bit of everything during that game. But Derek Nix is what, what really stands out for me was just that, that gut-wrenching performance that he had. I mean, he gave it all and left it all on the field. Um, and baseball was uh, – for me, was last year, the LSU, beating LSU in the regional, which y'all were there. You know, um, I know a lot of people say that. But um, one of the things that I enjoyed about it that whole weekend, me and my wife and Katie um, were able to come down. My son Lane couldn't make it because he was working. Um, but just getting to spend that time with them on every game, all, all of those games. And then I'll never forget on the way home, I looked up in the rearview mirror at Katie and I said, I hope you realize how um big of a thing it is that we just beat LSU. I was like, I, I know you may not know the history of LSU and SEC versus us, but that's a big deal. I want you to remember that and just remember you were there and, and uh, to experience that. So um that that's something that will always stand out for me in baseball. Um and just because of that and because of my family being there and getting to experience with them. And but my one number one all-time favorite Southern Miss moment 
happened September 11th, 2021, and it's not really sports related, but I guess it is kind of. But for me, it was that was the second game of the year. Uh, we played Gremlin and won the game. But for me, it was the first time I got to see Katie in that Pride of Mississippi uniform. And that, um, there's no words to describe it. I know you parents out there, when your kids accomplish goals, and I know how hard she worked. And just, we enjoyed the band even before she was in it. Uh, it's a big part of game day atmosphere. But I'll never forget standing in Eagle Walk and seeing her and finding her. And we had big smiles. She looked over and had a smile. And then afterwards, if you know Eagle Walk, they go to Spirit Park and they play for a little bit there. And then we get to visit with them for a few minutes. And if you want to look, go look. It's probably on my Facebook page or my wife's Facebook page. But there's a picture of Katie and her. And the look on Tara's face will show you exactly what I'm talking about. There's just pride. Um, so for me, that that's my favorite Southern Miss moment. And uh, fingers crossed in two years, I hope it gets topped when my son goes to school there and him and Katie both are on that, uh, at the same time. Oh, proud Papa, man. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you what it was like getting to see Katie in the pride of Mississippi, like getting to see your kid accomplishing being in the pride of Mississippi and setting out and accomplishing all that she's been able to, but I feel like you just kind of gave us a perfect answer there. Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to explain, but when you're when you're when you bleed black and gold like we do, and my wife, she's she's the same as I am, if not more passionate about Southern Miss, and we just love the university and love everything about it, and to see one of your own a part of it, and getting to to hear when they play um, the battle hymn uh, at, at the beginning of the game, the national anthem, and then after the game, um, Tennessee waltz, which is my mother-in-law's favorite thing on this earth. Um, and knowing an amazing grace, which is there's nobody that does it better than the pride of Mississippi. I get and, chills um, every time they do amazing yeah. grace, man. I mean, I've heard it. I know telling how many times, but it, it never gets old. And and knowing that your child is part of that, uh, making that beautiful sound, it's it, it's it, you just you can't help but be proud. For sure. And I, I'll say, you know, watching or she and Katie at some of the games, um, man, you've raised your right because that girl, she can she can heckle with the best of them. You know, we put her through the fire, you know. Uh, we, we've been season ticket holders in football since probably Fedora's first or second year. I can't remember exactly. But we didn't miss a game. We sat yeah. through um, the uh, tropical storm. We sat through cold. We sat through the season with he who shall not be named. We, <laughs> we were, if you looked up in the upper deck on the east side in section NN, there were several yeah. games. We were the only people in that section. Wow. And we had them right there. So at times they didn't like it. Um, but, you know, I think now she looks back and she kind of, she can appreciate it. Some of the best memories I'm sure she has. Yeah. Well, Mickey, kind of tell us real quick what you do. So, you know? uh, yeah, I went to Southern Miss, but I did not graduate. Um, in 97, um, I, I met my future wife, um, Oddly enough, she's from the Hattiesburg area, but was in Jackson going to Heinz Community College. And we met through our sisters who worked here in Jackson. And after that first year, I was actually went to Heinz, but after that year at Southern, I came home and got a job up here. And life happened. And um, 
fell in love and didn't want to go back. And I'm not advocating this for you kids, stay in school. <laughs> um, but it worked out for me. I'm actually at the same place still. Now I'm the uh, warehouse supervisor, uh, shipping supervisor uh, for a company where we ship uh, outdoor professional equipment worldwide. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, y'all ready to talk some Southern Miss sports? Lane, you want to kick us off? Well, do man? we have any mailbag questions? That's the first thing. I forgot about the, the, the mailbag right. questions. Do we have any mailbag questions? Look at Lane coming dag in. Dag right. coming in. I'm just, Don't my back's getting sore from carrying you, Chuck, on the podcast. I mean, come on now. Jeez. Where you at, Pate? You here? He's is the mailman here? here? The yes, mailman is here. I can't believe Chuck forgot about our mailbag segment. It's one of my favorite segments. You know, it's it's a sleep deprivation going on. I told you. I told you it was going to be interesting tonight. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm hearing are a bunch of excuses. Um. All right. So we've actually got a couple of questions. Our first one comes from a f- good friend of the show, our friend Philip, a.k.a. the Attack Eagle. He actually asked if you could add two things to each of the Rock, Reed Green Coliseum, and the Pete, what would they be? That's a tough one. The fact he said two things. Like, you know, I think one thing right. just comes to everybody's thi- exactly. mind, but two things makes you think about it a little bit. Right. Is anybody, anybody gotten any... How do we want to do this? Do we want to answer all three of them each, or do we want to take one of them and go around the round table and talk about that sports venue and then go the next one? I like that mm. way. Yeah, let's take let's take yeah. them one at a time. I think that'd be easier to digest here. So okay, what what was the first one he mentioned? He mentioned the Rock. The Rock. All right. I'll go first. Y'all want me to? So go. All right. So go ahead, Lane. with the Rock, one guys. I might step on some toes here, but I'm just going to say it. We don't have to add new seats to the rock right now. Sorry, but we don't. We don't pack mm-hmm. it out, you know, till we pack out what we got. Mm-hmm. There's right. no sense. I mean, I know a lot of people will want to, you know, if you asked a lot of fans, they'd be like, oh, we got to, you know, bowl the stadium in and add all this and that. No, well, there's not really a need to right now. We mm-hmm. don't pack out what we got. Right. But I do think we can renovate and make what we got even better. Uh, I'll tell you something I've always admired about, uh, some NFL teams, the way they do it. The saints is the first one that comes to mind. They have like end zone suites that are field level, like right on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine like where the new part of the stadium is. If you took that little walkway in front of it and just turned it in, like, you know, covered it. You know, put like a put a covering over it, and then made that like a suite level thing. You take you'd have to take the fence down so they could see good, but put like a padded wall in front of it and make it its own little suite. I think that'd be really cool for people to have suites like the Saints have that, where in the end zone you can go into those suites and you're like standing on the field is what it feels like, but you're field level. Uh, looking out and there's not a fence or any obstruction between you and the players. Like when they run in the end zone. They were like inches from you, you know, like they're, they're right there on you. Um, I doubt I could ever afford those seats, but it'd be nice to see somebody enjoy them, right? <laughs> somebody <laughs> would enjoy them, right? that. So right. I just think it'd be unique and cool. Have oh, some, yeah. 
have some like you know field level end zone suites there i think that'd be a pretty cool thing that would set us apart a little bit and then i guess for my second one so here's my second one this is something that's always kind of bothered me about the rock uh the new part of the end zone, like the new set, I call it new, like it's not been around for a long time now, but like the end zone section, the newest part of our stadium, the end zone section, it's got the brick that kind of matches the, like the athletic center, which is awesome, but the rest of the stadium doesn't have that. Like there's, have y'all ever noticed that? Does that bother anybody else? Yeah. It yeah. bothers me because it's like we have two different... It's like obvious where the division is with our stadium. So I'd like to, right? I don't know. I guess we're assuming here that money's not an option, but I'd like to take that kind of brick. Imagine how pretty our stadium would be if it was like bricked on the outside like that. If the whole thing was, you know, instead of the old concrete that we have to spray paint and pressure wash every year, you know? <laughs> so that would be mine. You know, that would be my two. So. Chuck, what about you? Well, I would, there's two things that come to my mind instantly. And uh, I, I, number one is I sit in that end zone and I think that they should um, put some backs to those bleachers like they have at the baseball mm-hmm. field. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people bring those chairs and stuff, but I think if you, I think if you put the back, that'd help out a lot. And then the second thing, I think we are way overdue for this, um, is a giant new Jumbotron. Yes. New Absolutely. That, that was one of mine. Yep. Mickey, what about you, man? Well, I'll, I'll piggyback on what Lane said a little bit. I think it, the um, aesthetics of the stadium is one of the areas. I, don't, I wouldn't want to change how it is because you guys know how loud it gets mm-hmm. um when we do have the fans that we have our core fans are there um it gets loud you know just and i think that's i, I don't i wouldn't want to lose that um but you know just like he said the concrete's a little old looking and it, i mean it, it, it's showing its age uh, and like you said we're we're talking like money's not an object here um and i guess the only other the other thing i think of is me um you know i mentioned earlier sitting in the upper deck uh you know i, I we call the seats where you guys sit bougie seats because um, um, y'all are down there in the new part. Um, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's uh, um, y'all have got the newest of everything. So if you've never been in, in, in the bathrooms on the upper deck, uh, they, could use, <laughs> they could use a makeover. Um, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, it's not. I mean, it gets the job done. Um, but, you know, that's that that's also what um, you have visitors over there that, that see that. So it's kind of a. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, you don't want to talk about that. But, I mean, hey, you know, I, if, if we go 12-0, and 0, I, I could care less what it looks like. So, I don't know. I don't know. Lane, I don't know that I could give up the the guy that gives me the hot towel after I go to the bathroom. <laughs> the, bathroom so. the guy that puts a little <laughs> extra cologne on you and <laughs> you all you that. the hot towel. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. The cologne, yeah, yeah. and he gives yeah, you, like, Y'all a have air, air-conditioned <laughs> bathrooms, too, as well, so, you know. <laughs> well... Oh man! So, all right, So, for me, I would have to agree with Chuck on this one. The uh, the new video board, new Drumbotron, uh, definitely needed, um, in my opinion. And then I would also 
have to agree with Mickey here on the the bathroom situation. I mean, it is. I mean, just about every, and this is just me. Just about every, uh, you know, The Rock, uh, Reed Green, uh, Pete Taylor Park. We could definitely use some upgrades in the bathroom, in my opinion. So I was about to say they did upgrade the Pete not long ago. True, but. But yeah, we were, we were talking yeah. about yeah. bathrooms right. at they, the they Rock. I was like, yes. technically, this could be an answer for a lot of yeah. our and then facilities, like those, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And if, yeah. You, if you've ever seen some of those old stalls, like from God oh, knows yeah. how many years ago, like they're shorter than I am. Like I'm six <laughs> foot tall and like, oh, wait, I can see people's heads over these things. I'm like, man, I'm glad you said heads, man. It's a kid's show, guys. It's a kid's show. Keep it PG. We just, yeah. Family friendly. There it is. Podcast appropriate. What was the next one he said? The Rock? And then what was the next one? Yeah, so. Reed Green Coliseum. All right. I'll, I'll go first got. on this one. Yeah, um, go Cool. And this one is kind of the same thing as the you mentioned on the stadium, but we've got to get a new scoreboard. I don't mm. know. I don't care what, Amen. It, what, it, what it takes. You know, it doesn't even have to be the one that hangs from the center of the Coliseum. You know, if it's just something on the wall on the outside that's, you know, updated. I mean, to me, that, that's that got to be done. Um, is it necessary? No. But when we're trying to move forward with our athletics department, I think that's something that I would think would be um, – shouldn't be too expensive. I know it's not cheap, but, I mean, um, that would be an easy one for me. And the second one I would like to see is um, chairbacks throughout. Um, yeah. I, um, I like – once again, I like the layout of – the uh, Reed Green, just because of how loud it gets in there when you have it packed. Um, so I wouldn't want to change that too much, but um, th- those would be my two for Reed Green. All right, I'll go next on this one. Uh, guys, the space between the chairs on the court and the actual bleachers, you know what I'm talking about? There's a void oh, there. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Our court yep. is a big circle. Yep. yep. And it's a square, it's like a rectangle court, but I a big circular like area for it. And we got, I'm talking like behind the table and stuff. There's a big blank dead space yep. there. I'd like to see us get, we know yeah, they used to like, have I'd, seats. Like, I'd they like to see us get creative there. and do something there with that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the answer is put more chairs there, like, you know, like fill, fill that whole section up with chairs and have a bunch of, I don't guess it'd be courtside, but, you know, you could put a little slope there or something so everybody could see over the row in front of them. You couldn't go too crazy with it because you got the front row of the bleachers, but. Yeah, they had something similar to that about 10 years ago, but I don't I don't know why they um, did away with that. I don't know. Um, if that was like Eagle yeah. Club, you know, or Hardwood Club. Well, honestly, I think it, um, it kind of runs into, CD. well, for one, I mean, I love our fan, but I lo- you know, guys, we're saying stuff we would change here. We love our university. Don't get me wrong. We're not bashing anything. Right. But, no doubt. No uh, doubt. You know, mm-hmm. again, no. stepping on right. toes here maybe, but 
there really isn't a need to add more seeding anywhere right now in, in Reed Green until we until we do what we did versus Lafayette a few more times. There's no need to till we prove there's a reason. But you know that might be a way to add some seeding. But either way, there's just a blank space there, and I'd like to see us get creative and do something with it other than leave it blank. I don't know what you know. You could get creative there. Maybe maybe courtside suites there for some rich people to enjoy. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> a suite down there. Do the same thing for football. I don't know. Do something, but you know that. Mm-hmm. That's where that's, that's right. where you and Chuck that's would right. be sitting right there. I want my same butler from the from the football bathrooms, right? right. But uh, but but you Bringing know, them a beer and everything. Something there. I think I think an easy solution would be chairs and maybe build a little slope platform or something to go up there just to at least fill it in. It looks kind of funny on TV whenever you see it too. So that would be one, yeah. and then the other one. See, I didn't even think about the scoreboard until you said something about it. Uh, but the other one for me would be, you know, we're kind of on the map now, right? We got people, we're, we're getting some recognition here. There's going to be some high school kids, some maybe transfer potential guys and all that looking at Southern Miss. I would like to see uh, – I would like to see us really invest in like the actual facility for the athletes. Like where you, I don't know if y'all have ever been to like the basketball offices and stuff, but like where you enter Reed green, I'd like to take that. Like mm-hmm. if you're a, a staff member or a basketball player, I'd like to take that lobby area and really, really, sp- you know, spruce that thing up, make it look top notch, add some stuff, you know, maybe go, put that money into the locker rooms even make them even nicer than what they are you know just really make it first class top notch make these kids be wild when they walk in the door there maybe pull in some more big time players so that would be mine uh let's see chuck or pate which one of y'all wants to go next go for it i can take it yeah uh i would have to agree with you mickey on the scoreboard for sure on that and then i also agree with lane uh, i'm not a big fan of the you know the big open circle there's just a lot of you know un underutilized space down there that we we could definitely fill in you know if we uh uh kind of backed up the seats uh did some of that sloping there to fill in all that space there so that those are my two for reed green um for me i think the it's more about fixing a problem than I guess adding something, which I guess you, you could add, but, um, we went, especially like the ULL game. We went to, um, you know, a friend of mine came and he, he wanted something to drink. He missed almost the entire first half because he was waiting a line at the concession stand. So I think if you either, um, revamp the concession stand areas or add, uh, you know, the, the people walking up and down the aisles, you know, that would eliminate some of that traffic. Um, so either that or, uh, and, and I'm, I'm with Mickey on, on chair backs all the way around. I think that would be, I think chair back, even at the P that's going to be one of my chair backs. Um, even in the bleacher section. Well, you know, last night, um, we had the uh, 6A state basketball championship here, um, and we went because uh, 
Brandon was in it. Um, and um, I noticed there, it was at the Coliseum here in Jackson, and um, they had food down in those areas that were on the court that were those open spots. They actually, so maybe that's something we could do, like we'll have a little, little satellite, something to at least get a Coke and some popcorn or something. That may be a, um, a way to utilize some of that space down on the court until they figure yeah. something out. Good idea. Point. Good right. point. And then Pete, why don't you kick us off on the Pete? What would you do to the Pete? The Pete. Oh man. Uh well I know we've all heard this one before. You know, we you guys had talked to Coach Barry about, you know, doing some expansion at the Pete. Definitely uh expanding the bleachers, you know, the seating area. Now I'm kind of debating on like which side or you know heck maybe both uh you know expanding that you know that uh concrete area you know between the patio and the bleachers maybe expanding the bleachers out a little bit more there um maybe moving the uh the batting facility moving that or turning or putting some uh bleachers on top of that area because i mean when it comes to the peat you know we're i mean you, I think we all can agree that our baseball program has just continued to grow and explode over the past few years, and I think that's just only going to continue forward. So seating is definitely going to be a thing. You know, continuing to expand those uh, ticket options, season tickets. Um, I think that'll be huge. Um, and what would be my second one? Um. I would probably have to say uh, maybe a few more. Uh, I mean, I know we've got the new video board. That was actually one of the things that I was really hoping we would get whenever I, when I started coming on a regular basis. We've already got the video board, which is great. I would definitely like to see uh, you know a couple more uh, concession stand options there because uh, every time that I get in that line, I mean, you know, I... I feel like I miss like an inning and a half almost, you know, especially like when it's on a crowded day, like that line can go all the way down, you know, to the roost, you know, into the roost sometimes if you're a, especially if it's on a busy day or if it's on a, uh, like a big, big game series. So that, those are the two things that I would improve over there at the Pete. All right, Chuck, I know angry orchard's going to be your first one. So what would your second I had a couple of those a day. Um, again, chair backs in the bleacher section, I think. Um, and, uh, hmm, I, I would, I would love to see, you know, I know they put up the banners and stuff under the, uh, the walkway and I love the, I love the world series poster. Um, I'd love to see them remodel instead of that, just like brick looking building of the concession stand, maybe remodel it. Um, and I gotta say, and this may, and, and I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings just listening. So if I do, I'm sorry, please forgive me. We'll keep listening to us, but the tradition of excellent sign out. In don't field, you dare. Like, I don't, I just I feel like I feel like you could put some bleachers out there if you could level yeah. it off and then make that your student section or, yeah, or something absolutely. like that or, or turn it into, you know, 
more lawn chair seating, you know, where people can take chairs yeah. in the left field. Um, I just, I think that takes up some space, and mm-hmm. that's just my opinion on it. Mickey, let me go yeah, next because I'm piggybacking off Chuck just now. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So, go ahead. Lane two tradition of excellence. Clearly, I, Chuck doesn't like our tradition of excellence. <laughs> I like the fact we have it. Sign. Uh, the oh, sign. All right. No so, look, here's oh, the thing. Gosh. You got the. See, we're assuming money and, I guess, laws and rules are no options, too, here. That's what I'm going to say. Um,. We have that whole section. I actually agree with Chuck on behind the outfield wall. We have an entire region of our ballpark that can't be used because the trace butts up to it. If you've ever run on the trace, which I know this is a shocker to y'all, but I have before. Not very far, but I did run a little bit long enough to see the back of the stadium. (laughs) Were you you chasing the ice cream truck? (laughs) Uh, yeah so anyway i ran long enough back there boy i walked into that one i ran long enough back there that uh i could see guys there's not much room back there um what i would like what would be perfect to me in a perfect world here i don't know if you'd have to reroute the trace or do so i don't know i don't know how you would do it but if we could build it up enough to be able to extend the roost out behind the entire outfield wall, you know, um, or if you can't do that, maybe that's where some extended seating goes and you build bleachers up off the ground there, like what Chuck mentioned. But I agree. We need to, you know, everybody's expand the P, expand the P, expand the P, but there's nowhere to expand it to, <laughs> you know, we got the trace butted up to us back there. We can't do anything with it unless, we somehow were able to work out a deal where you could either reroute the trace or do something with it. You know, I don't know, but if we could find a way, I think, so I got some friends that they have a roof spot and it's down first. It's really down first baseline is what it is. Um, back behind that concrete porch and, uh, guys, you know, I think the seating would be better for the roost if you were able to extend it. And, like, push all those people back out in the outfield and let them cover up the outfield. I think they would see the game better. You would see the whole field easier from there. You wouldn't have as many people walking in front of you and stuff. And and uh, then you would free up the room to be able to expand the bleachers and widen them out. So, I guess mine would be find a way to build up everything back behind that outfield wall fence and move the let the roost cover the entire outfield. Expand the roost, you know. Um, you don't want to lose it. That's kind of our thing, the roost, but just expand it. You know, if you see uh, East Carolina, which I don't want to copy them in anything because I frankly hate them, but, <laughs> you know, but uh, East Carolina, have, they call it the jungle, and it's like lawn chair seating out behind their outfield wall and, you know, a bunch of people just going crazy messing with the outfielders back there. I think we have just as rowdy folks, if not more rowdy, in our roost. If we could just expand it out there and kind of let them cover up that outfield region and then maybe expand our bleachers out down the lines, you could really have something here, you know? Um, so I guess that's both of mine, really. Expand the roost out there, cover up the entire outfield with the roost, find a way to 
I don't know, reroute the trace or do something with it to be able to use that space. Build it up, let the roost cover the entire outfield, and then expand your bleachers down the line. So that's my two. Mickey, what you got? Yeah, I think that you guys have hit on the major things there. Seating is obviously the the number one issue we have there. Um, we have a beautiful park, um, and the 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 key is to find a way to um, if you're gonna like you said the down the right field line appears to be the obvious choice where we have the room to do that. Probably the least amount of money that it would cost to do that as well, because you have that open area. But you got to find a way. Um, I know those guys in the roost are very loyal, spend a lot of money, donate a lot of money to the program. So you got to accommodate them. You don't want to make them angry. But then you also got to accommodate your new fans too. So there's got to be a way to figure that. And I don't know who it was, but I, I, I saw somebody, somebody obviously with some talent, do a little drawing or something on, on Facebook. And they had something that looked pretty neat where they put bleachers on top of the batting cage down there. And they kind of had them angled back towards the field. Um, and that was kind of a neat concept. So this is where some engineer or architect is going to make, make their money figuring that out. Because um, if y'all have looked too behind that third base side, there's that apartment complex. There's no room to go that way um, at all to build. Like a, people said, oh, we'll just put another de- upper deck on there. Well, there, you know, you got to have support beams for that. And that would go into that parking lot. So, um, yeah, that, that, that would be mine. And the other one, uh, I guess, would be a little selfish on, on my part. But uh, if we could get an awning down the bleacher side, you know, just um, it didn't have to come all the way over the bleachers. But, you know, y'all remember, man, that sun was brutal um, towards the end of the year. But, you know, that that's just me being selfish. I know it's baseball and we're outside. So. But there's really um, that that would be the only other thing I could think of. You know, y'all have hit on everything else. Well, our new seats, Mickey, they moved us over to the first base side. And about 2.30, the sun's behind that building. And, I mean, that those seats are gold. Yes, so that's they the key are. Is gotcha. sitting on the first base side during the middle of the day. I got you. Mm-hmm. All right. Was there anything else in the mailbag? We sure do. We've got another question from Randy, who lives in South Carolina. And he wrote in to to the mailbag, and he asked us, um, I went to school at Southern Miss over a decade ago, have since moved to the East Coast, and have not been back in years. Work is currently sending me to Hattiesburg in a few weeks, and I'm hoping to catch a baseball game or two while I'm there. So my question is, where is your favorite place to eat after a baseball game? Keg and Barrel was always a staple for me and my friends. I love the podcast and keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you, Randy. I better go last. I'll take everybody's answers. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let Mickey go first. <laughs> Mickey, As what a, you got? Out of towner, kind of. All right. So uh, I'm a huge fan of a good hamburger. So I, I like to find all the places that have good hamburgers. And there's two places that come to mind right off the top of my head that I like. Um, one is Goalpost, um, and they they have, they have a really good hamburger and good fries. So if I'm trying to get in, you know, usually um, you can get in and out pretty quickly um, there. Um, so before game, um, that would be somewhere to go. Another place I like, um, and this Fourth Street Bar and Grill has a fantastic right. hamburger. If you if you've never been in there, um, so if you don't mind to go sit in a bar, um, 
but it's got good Southern Miss supporters. They've got Southern Miss memorabilia all over the walls, but their hamburger is really good and a fair price as well. Um, and lastly, don't judge me on this, but I, I love a good quarter from Wards. There you go. So, um, so if, I, if I'm just wanting to head on home, you know, drive in Wards, get me a quarter combo and head on. Head so. on. Have you been to, uh, I think it's Hattiesburger downtown? I have not. Check it out, man. They got about 50 different burgers. That's good. Okay. Yeah. All right, Pay. what about you, man? Well, you know, I uh, I definitely can't disagree with uh, Randy there. You know, Keg and Barrel is always a, a really good staple there. You know, um, I mean, I like a good hamburger, too. I, I like mug shots as well. Uh, you really can't go wrong there. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we like uh, going to Glory Bound. Um, that's another good one right there over by over by campus. And then if I if I really like or if I really want to go for uh like chicken, I would really like Fairley's Wings. Uh, that but that's downtown, more downtown. Phenomenal, phenomenal chicken wings. If you're ever in in the mood for that, so those would be mine. Good choices. I'm getting kind of hungry, but I'm gonna have to get a midnight snack here soon. Um, I, I'm a big fan of barbecue, Randy. Uh, I love barbecue. Um, so murky waters is good. Um, you never go wrong with Strix right there on fourth street. Um, Letha's, I mean, it moved the pedal. So you got a little bit of a drive, but I mean, you just can't beat good barbecue in my opinion. So those will, those would be my, my choices. Lane. What All right. Say well, you? uh, the Troy boys, I believe asked us where we would go if, if, or where we need to, Basically, if they came to town, where would we send them? And uh, I think I said it there. I think I've said it two or three times on the show. My favorite restaurant, Sully's. So, and you know, was it Randy? Is that the the listener who sent the question in? You know, Randy. Uh, if I so when I travel somewhere, I always try to eat somewhere local, just because I can't get it at home. You know, so all my answers are going to be pretty much local places that I love. Uh, Sully's is one, um, you know, really good steak right there. Uh, another one I really like, my wife and I, this has become a, a regular on our date nights and stuff, is El, El Rayo. I think I said it right. I used to say it El Rayo, but I think they pronounce it El Rayo. Um, it's a Mexican restaurant. Uh, really, really good. It's right there close to campus. Love it. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with keg and barrel. Can't go wrong there either. And, uh, another one, if you're in the mood for some Italian food, I would say, uh, Mario's. I'm a big Mario's fan. So those would be mine. Uh, you know, if I were coming back to Hattiesburg after, you know, not, not being here for a while, those would be my choices there. So I'd say you're right with keg. I'd go to Sully's. I'd go to I love murky waters. That was on my list too. Chuck took that one, and um, you know El Rayo and Mario's. That'd be mine. Thanks for listening, man. Yeah, and Randy, when you come, man, uh, come over to the first base side and find me and Lane. Can't we'll miss us. we Southern, Southern Miss clothes. Can't miss us. <laughs> All right. All right, no, we uh, we usually sit section B, man, row nine or ten. 
So come over there and say if hello. If I'm not We'd there, I'm just walking around face. politic, and I'll be back in a couple innings. <laughs> <laughs> so is that all the questions there, Pete? That That's all of them. All right. We all ready to get this show moved? We, we've, been, we've been on the mailbag questions a while tonight, so this show might run a little long here. But uh, we'll get it knocked <laughs> out. Here we go. Y'all ready to dive into uh, Holy Cow? Let's do it. Holy cow! Chuck, what Southern Miss athlete made you say holy cow this week? Well, Lane, I'm going to have to give it to my girls and the Lady Eagles. Uh, Miss Jana Lee, who's a sophomore. Girl can pitch. Girl can hit. Girl can run. Um just phenomenal over the last week, I think. I think she pitched two games, um, got a win in one of them. Uh, she's hit a couple of triples, a couple of uh, doubles, a couple of home runs, a couple of stolen bases. I mean, Jana Lee is just doing it all for the Lady Eagles softball team right now. You know, and she's I, only a I had no idea that's, that's, she was a pitcher, too, until I started looking at the stats. But yeah, man, she's hitting 391 for the year with two bombs. So and a triple, she can play. She's a She's that's a good it. one. Yeah. All right, uh, Mickey. What right. Golden Eagle athlete made you say "Holy cow!" this week? I'm gonna go with Justin Storm. Uh, if you go back to Tuesday night this past week when we were playing Mississippi State, he came in late in the game and really shut their bats down for uh, I believe it was two and a third innings. Um, and gave us a chance to win that game. We were up, uh, and I think we may maybe have left him in, maybe one or two batters too long. Um, but he pitched, had a good good quality couple of innings there that um, we got. We actually went back up when he was in, and then on Friday night and um, Saturday night, uh, this past Friday night and, and this Saturday night against Dallas Baptist, he came in and got the save in the ninth. Um, so uh, that that oh that, yeah, he's my two guy saves on week. the weekend. He's up to three on the season. So. Always good to have a guy. He he struck out the side Saturday, didn't he? If I believe, like, didn't they have a runner in scoring? They I had the time so. runner at second, I think, and he comes in and strikes out the side. So, really impressive by him there. And uh, so, guys, with my holy cow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over on basketball here, okay? And I'm going to go to the Lady Eagles basketball, and I'm going to – I'm going to throw Dom Davis out there. Guys, this past week in the conference tournament, Dom Davis scored 20 points against Texas State and 22 against Arkansas State. Now, if that wasn't impressive enough, you rewind it the whole week before that, she scored 19 against Troy and 24 against Louisiana. Impressive, right? Well, the previous three games before that Troy game, she also scored over 20 points. She finished out the season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Her last seven games, six out of the seven, she scored over 20 points. And then Troy being the only game she didn't score over 20, and she scored 19. Dom Davis finished out the season going absolutely crazy. So I'm going to go with her as my Holy Cow Player of the Week. Really, Holy Cow Player of the last, what, three weeks, four weeks? You know, I mean, just. Really, really impressive uh, finish to, you know, the, I guess, the conference tournament there. Hopefully, it's not the end of the season. I'll talk about that a little bit more here in a few minutes. So, that'd be my holy cow player of the week. Holy cow, Dom Davis. 
And, and hey, she did it with a, a herniated disc. She's tough her back as nails, too, so man. I hope we can impressive. keep her next year and she doesn't transfer portal us or anything like that. Hopefully, we'll be able to watch her again next year. She's special now. She's one of the more special right. players we've had in a while. That's right. So, I guess that leads us into can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Chuck, what about this next week makes you say, I can't wait? Well, I, you know, I, I, I talked about pitching with Jenna um, just a little bit ago. I'd love to see baseball and softball, how these new um, freshmen, sophomores lean into our veteran pitchers and learn from them and continue to craft their ability and hone their skills. And, uh, you know, I think we saw it today with, uh, was it Middleton that came in and, and Colby out? Like these young kids are stepping up. Um, and then Jana's only a sophomore, and, you know, she's learning behind Morgan Linestock, who I think is probably one of the best pitchers in the nation right now. I mean, in the first, what, 17 games we've had, uh, Morgan Linestock is on fire. So just seeing what they learn from their counterparts is what I, I can't wait to see. And Chuck, I'm going to go next here on my can't wait because I'm going to piggyback off of your answer a little bit here too. I feel like I've done that to you twice tonight, haven't I? Um, but my, my back is hurting from carrying you, Lane. I know, <laughs> you're carrying me. All right, well, I'm gonna, I can't wait for Tuesday night to see how our Golden Eagles respond to playing Ole Miss in Oxford. You know, it's everybody knows the last time we played them didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, but I also can't wait because I can't wait to see how well our pitching staff can handle this Ole Miss offense that has hit 23, I repeat, 23 home runs on the season. I'm looking, their top nine hitters, one through nine, every single one of them has hit at least one home run with one of them hitting five. If you look at their top nine hitters, the lowest batting average is 227. After him, it's two is 321, and it goes up from there. They have been absolutely hitting the cover off the baseball. So when Chuck says he can't wait to see our pitching staff and what they do, I can't wait to see our, our baseball pitching staff and see them. They're going to be traveling to a hostile environment, you know, tough place to play, and – Louisiana Tech went up there and they took one. Probably should have taken two from them here mm-hmm. a week ago. Uh, I can't wait to see our guys really go up there and get a big win. So can't wait to see them go up there and kind of get a little little vengeance, avenge last last year a little bit, and see if we can't get out there and silence these bats a little bit and get our bats keep our bats hot. Really, so uh, that's. That's my can't wait. Just can't wait for Tuesday night. See how well our guys respond to another in-state rivalry, especially after the last one. You know, the last last Tuesday night, we we felt like we had them, and then just it just slipped at the end there. I can't wait to see if we can't hang on this time and find a way to beat a really good team in Oxford. So, well, that being said, Mickey, what can you not wait for this week? I can't wait until this coming Sunday when we find out uh, our men's team uh, where they're going to be playing in the NIT tournament. Um, as Sunbelt regular season champs, we know we're in. 
It's just a matter of who we're going to play and whether or not we're going to get to host that first round game. So we'll have to see how the rest of the conference tournaments play out to see who doesn't make it into the NCAA tournament. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll get a good home game um, so we can um, see our Eagles play again at home. And also the women, uh, I would think they have uh, the resume for the NIT as well, um, being co-champs in the Sun Belt. Um, so uh, I, I just hope they get that opportunity as well. Oh, yeah, Sunday will be a big day. We'll be definitely waiting for that. And with that, that's a perfect segue into the last segment of the show here tonight. The uh, the roundup is what we're going to call this one. And the roundup's a little crazy right now, guys, because we have literally four sports to cover. And there's only three of us right now talking on the show. <laughs> so uh, we, we got our work cut out for us. I'm going to give us a roundup on basketball, both men and women's. And then I will kick it to Chuck for softball, and then Mickey will wrap it up with baseball with you. So I'll get us going first here, basketball, the roundup. Uh, guys, if you didn't see this, you probably weren't paying much attention, but our men won the regular season conference championship since we last talked on this show. They uh, handled some business, got a little bit of help from uh, Old Dominion, and ended up winning the conference championship the regular season. Huge for us, needless to say, right? Coach Ladner, uh, very deserving of pretty much all the awards he could get this offseason. Uh, I saw a stat the other day, biggest turnaround in really NCAA basketball history. It's just, it's crazy, guys. This is stuff that 30 for 30s on ESPN is made of. Do y'all think he gets um, any uh, recognition for National Coach of the Year? He's got he should, to. He should, I mean, yeah. He's got to. There's no way he doesn't, I don't think. I mean, he's got to at least be in the hunt for it. Um, But, yeah, guys, our men's team won. The conference championship regular season entered the tournament at number one, and guys, we had a we had a disappointing game in the tournament. Lost one to South Alabama, and it's disappointing because you wanted. I mean, I know we all wanted this season to end up as a NCAA tournament bid, and to get to play, and, you know, to get to play on that big stage again. Uh, we're not necessarily all the way out. We'll find out that Sunday at the at the show, but it's going to be. The road ahead's hard if we're going to try to make it into the tournament, especially if, you know, a South Alabama upsets everybody and wins the whole thing. That's going to be tough. So, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Our, our fate's in the decider's hands on Sunday on that. But, uh, you know, it was disappointing to lose that game. I've seen a lot of people upset about, well, we're just going to end up as an NIT team and all that. But when you consider where we've come from, Still a lot to be proud of. And, guys, any postseason, and don't get me wrong, I would have much rather been in the NCAA tournament. I think any Southern Miss fan would have. That's just the recognition that we want for our program. But any postseason is still good. (laughs) You know, like we're bringing back a lot of key pieces next year. I think the key pieces we lose is Pinckney and Hase. But we bring back a lot of big pieces next year. And, guys, just for those guys to have at least competed in postseason tournaments, um, even if it is the NIT, even if we are competing to be 
You know, somebody said something the other day. We're just competing to be the number 66 or 65 best team in the country. Even if you're doing that, even if it is NIT, guys, it's still a chance for those guys to get some extra practice to play in a tournament-style setting and go ahead and get – you know, I, I think there's a lot of positives to still making the NIT, even though we didn't make the NCAA tournament. It's still a big deal. Uh, probably going to get a home game. I would think we get to host the first round. I think we've locked that up. So that would be awesome, man. And those guys, they deserve to have the court. They deserve to have Reed Green full for them again. You know, it gives us a chance to see our boys play one more time. And I think that would be special for those guys. And again, just the extra practice in that type of atmosphere, it's going to pay off dividends. Especially do you really think year. we host? Yes, I, I think, do. Do you? Like even the early round? I do. I think we – yep, I do. So, uh, I think we host. We'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but I definitely think we host. So, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, just had a bad game against against a South Alabama team that was red hot at the time we played them. I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. Our leading players in that game were Hase and Danaje Harris. Danaje Harris had might, may have been a career game. He had 18 points. Uh, you know that's that's big for him. Hase scored 18 too. So, so yeah, it's not over yet, guys. We're gonna get some postseason action here coming up, uh, and we're gonna get some in. I I feel safe to say we're gonna get an NIT bid. I mean, you you lock that up by winning the conference. But, you know, as far as where and all that, we'll find out. But any postseason is still good. I'll take it. It's good. To the top, let's go win the NIT. If we don't make the NCAA tournament, I'm still holding on to some hope that we find a way into that thing as an at-large. So... uh, Then we go to women's basketball. And, guys, this is huge, too. The women locked up a share of the conference championship, too. Guys, we were regular season champs in men and women's basketball. When is the last time that has happened in Hattiesburg? Right? Just a truly special season all the way around for both the men and the women. Women won a huge game on the road in Lafayette. Ended up locking that thing up. Got a little bit of help like we did with the men, too. Got a little bit of help from another team, and we end up holding on to a share of that women's uh, of the conference championship, which was huge. Getting to the tournament, we won our first game against Arkansas State. Um, already mentioned Dom Davis went crazy. She had 22 points. Great game out of her. Uh, and then we get to go on from that. And we, we run into Texas State. And, guys, I think Texas State's probably about to win the whole thing. They are just really, really good. Uh, I watched that game today, and we just – we were just outmatched, man. I, there's no there's no other way to put it. They had a girl hang 30 points. You know, I mean, it's hard to overcome that. They were just red hot at the right time, and they got us. So, uh, you know, you want to win one of those tournaments and end up in postseason play, and you want to end up in the NCAA tournament. But, guys, like I said, any postseason play is good. So I'm hoping for NIT bids for both of our teams. I hope they get to keep playing. Uh, because that's all good. It's all that's all beneficial for us. So, uh, congratulations to both for regular season champions. I'm proud of them. You should be too, listeners. 
Um, just a huge stride forward for both of those programs. And the beauty of it is both of those teams had the key pieces coming back. A lot of them coming back, that is. We lost Lauren Gross and we lost Femi on uh, the Lady Eagles. But bring back – and, you know, you can't say enough about what they've contributed to our program. But you do bring back a lot of big-time pieces next year in that program, and you bring back some big-time ones in the men's program too. So – um, this extra few weeks of practice and extra games in a tournament style setting, that's good guys. It's good. And we definitely hope for NIT bids for both of them and hope to end up with a good selection, good selection Sunday. So still hanging on to hope for an NCAA one, but if we don't get that, we'll take NIT. So, uh, let me kick it now to Chuck, Chuck, catch us up in softball world. Hello, hello, hello. All right, so our Lady Eagles, after 17 games with, um, should be 18 games, we had to cancel one against Mississippi Valley due to weather. But the Eagles, the Lady Eagles, are 14-3 and on the season. They've only lost to number nine, Alabama, uh, Tulsa, and um, Georgia Tech, a 1-0 to game this past week. Uh, but, y'all, we are 12-1 and at home and 2-2 two and two away. Uh, so we're we're defending uh, the ballpark over there. Um, again, your your Morgan line stock is uh, leading the way for pitching, and then you know you got your supporting cast and uh, you know Jana Davis and uh, Nabbit. Jana Lee. I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Davis. Who do we have on the team that's a Davis? You don't. I don't. I don't know, I don't know where you're Davis getting Davis like, from. It's like drilled in my There head. isn't a Davis on the roster, right. I don't think. I, there, there's not. <laughs> um, and, you know, but you got your catcher, Hannah Borden, who's doing phenomenal. Um, Natalie Taylor, uh, Jana Lee is, you know, she splits time between in the circle and being a designated player. Um, so we. Which is crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she's. She's like good at pitching too. It's not like they're throwing her out there just to get an inning here or there. She's legit. Like, Chuck, you mind if I throw a couple stats here? Because so, I'm so, so like, this is, this is intriguing to me. Morgan Linestock, guys, has a 1 2 6 ERA, and in 61 innings pitch, she has 82 strikeouts. That's insane. That's bonkers, guys. She is going crazy right now on the mound. That's awesome. And so, have you have you watched she's doing her pitch good? yet? I hadn't had a chance to, man. Um, I got to get yeah. over there to a game. That girl is but, uh, all emotion. I want to go. I really do. I'm going to go to one soon. And then Jana Lee, man, she's got a sub-2 ERA, 1.99, and she's averaging a strikeout an inning. And so, and then not to mention she turns around and bats 391 with two bombs on the year. So, Natalie Taylor with four yeah. homers. They, uh. Guys, they're showing out now. They are. Those Lady Eagles, they're they're crushing it right now. Yes, they're uh so uh, for Morgan Linestock, just her statistics, um, uh, her first year here, twenty twenty one, you know, she had six wins, ten losses. And then last year, uh her well, her ERA twenty twenty one was two eighty one. And then last year she was uh her ERA was two sixty four, eighteen wins, thirteen losses. And so far this season, she has a 1.26 ERA, like you said. 
um, and has a 7-2 uh, win-loss ratio. So, I, Morgan Linestock's a beast. I mean, maybe, and a sweet, sweet girl. She's real good. She's yeah. real good. I'm excited to see her play soon. Definitely. But that's your rundown on the Lady Eagles. Go check them out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right, Mickey, you still awake over there? I'm here, guys. All right, catch us so, up on yeah, Pete Taylor Park Magic, the baseball world. Pete Taylor Park. You know, we started the season off strong with a sweep of a, a very good Liberty team. Um, it was a pitching battle for the most part. You know, we had some close games there. And um, then we, on that Tuesday following night, our following week, that Tuesday night, we played New Orleans, and we had a one-hit shutout. And the bats came alive uh, for 12 runs. So we were looking pretty good going into that weekend series against um, the Fighting Illini. And um, lo and behold, they came to play. Um, that, that that first night, you know, they got to Tanner Hall pretty early, um, which was unusual. He didn't have his normal normal game there. And um, uh, they put up five runs against him. And... Um, we, we scratched back and got a few more back, um, but they, they came and hit, man. I was really impressed with their their approach at the plate, and um, they, they took that game 13-5 um, to 5 on Friday night, and um, then that Saturday, you know, we come back out, and um, that game ended up going into extra innings, um, and if uh, here's a stat for you, uh, Lane. I know you like stats. Do you know how many pitches were thrown in that game? In the uh, in the that Saturday, Saturday eleven game. inning game, Dude, I, somebody said something about it. I want to say, wasn't it in like the wasn't it like over two hundred or something? Wasn't it something like that? What was well, it? Well, if you would have said if you'd have said over two hundred for Illinois, you would have been correct. It was over five hundred. Holy cow! Talk about a holy cow! Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh my good man! I I undershot that bad. So yeah, over it was. Uh, let's see, I have 514 total pitches. Uh, I think there was 19 total pitchers used. So it was just a back and forth game there. Matt Adams had a a pretty good pretty good outing at 5Ks. Um, but they they kind of got to him a little bit. And then um, I'm, I think I'm gonna pronounce this it's shortstop's name right for them. Hayza. He had up with two home runs, seven RBI in that game. Um, but in the end, 11th inning, you know, we got the walk-off single from Peyto with a, a little bit of added controversy there at the end, whether or not, um, I believe it was Dickerson and Etzel touched the bases after the hit. Um, Etzel touched. In our, in our yeah. hearts, he touched. That's what matters. Right. So um, we got that win and then um, go to Sunday. And um, let me see here. That game, uh, we ended up losing that one 9-4. to four. Um, you know, Nick Mazza looked pretty good early on. He struck out seven over four and two thirds innings. Um, and, and then the, the sixth inning happened and, um, we, it's kind of an inning we want to forget, but, um, just a little rundown here. They scored seven runs and it was triple, double, triple, single, single, double, and then some sack flies along with that. Um, and we, we, we got a few back on a three run home run by Danny Lynch in the bottom of the sixth, And I think we scratched one more on a wild pitch later. Um, but yeah, Illinois, I think we're going to look back on that series and realize they're a really good team. They have good pitching, um, and very good hitting and very, very good plate discipline. So, um, I think, like I said, I think we're going to look back and that's not going to look as bad as it does later on. 
Um, then we come to our next week in the midweek. We go come up to Pearl, Mississippi for our in-state rival, if you want to call it, Mississippi State. Um, uh, yeah, we won't call them an in-state rival. Um, but anyway, Mississippi State uh, here at Trustmark Park in Pearl. And it was a back-and-forth game. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, um, I've heard some people say that we didn't know who wanted to win that game because like as soon as somebody had control, they give it right back. Um, once again, a lot of pitching um, uh, mistakes early on. We had some hit batters. Um, but we had the lead there in the end, and they just uh, clawed back. And I, I say we gave it away, and they walked away with the W um, on their 10-9. to 9, So tough loss there. Um, but and then this weekend, we had uh, – very good um Dallas Baptist team come in we were looking for revenge and we got it um Tanner Hall was Tanner Hall on Friday night um and then um I think uh Lane me and you talked a little bit in text about this but Cross Sively came in and just shut them down you know um I'm really excited about him it's it's, it's you know when you get a good quality left-handed arm out of the bullpen that that's such a, a huge weapon for you to have and I think he's just going to get better um, as the year goes along and he gets some more experience um, and uh, what else? see what else we got um, on Saturday uh, we uh, got a 2-1 win over that Matt Adams lights out he was phenomenal um, he was locating that fastball and uh, really confused confused them and then today we um, wrapped it up with a 7-2 win, and our, our, our boy Sarge got back on the track after having a day off yesterday. Um, very good coaching move, I believe, by Scott Berry, giving him the day off yesterday and then putting him down in the lineup to take some pressure off of him. Um, and that worked. You know, first two at-bats, two, two run home runs. And um, another thing I noted today that I, I noticed was that we were hitting uh, opposite field. Um, I think our hitting's been criticized a little bit, and I don't think people realize what good pitching we have faced the first few weeks of the season. But um, I was happy to see us taking the ball to the opposite field, finding those holes. Um, so that I, I think we're going to be okay and uh, once we um, start seeing some pitching that's not as good as what we have. And I don't know if uh, you probably know this, but that first weekend series um, – against Liberty, they're one of their starting pitchers. A couple of those were ranked in the top 50 and projected draft next year. Um, so those were good arms. Um, so I, I think the baseball's headed in the right direction. Baseball's a game of streaks, you know. You just got to roll with it. And um, I think I think everybody can look and see that we're making improvements. Um, we got a big week coming up. Like you said earlier, going to Ole Miss, facing a tough Ole Miss, 10-2 Ole Miss team um, that hits the cover off the ball. Um, and then we ended up uh, the weekend with Valparaiso out of the Missouri Valley Conference. And um, they're 6-3. and three. And they have, so far, my favorite name in baseball this year. They have a uh, left fielder who's batting 308 with four home runs, four doubles, and 12 RBIs. And his name is Kyle Schmack. What so, a baseball name, man. I know. I'm telling you, that, that's a great name. So uh, that, that's where we're headed in baseball. And... Like I said, I think everybody's be a little patient. You'll see we're going to get around. We got young pitching, but it's going to, once they get some experience, they'll settle in and I think we'll be okay. Some guys who have impressed me so far in baseball, and I'm sure Mickey and Chuck would say the same, but Slade Wilkes this year 
I mean, I was about to say holy cow for him. Like, I was debating between him being my holy cow guy at one point. He's batting 455 on the season right now with two bombs. I mean, he's he he's seeing the ball very well. Oh right yeah, now. Dustin Dickerson hitting 359. He's four for four on right. stolen bases. I mean, Sarge finally and, breaking and, the the slump he's in. And I think Etzel too's kind of had a quiet year, but he's had a good year so far. If you look at his yeah. numbers and um, you realize that speed, how much of a factor it's played. Um, he that's uh, that's been a. a a good addition for us. He there. routinely turns like singles to doubles, doubles to triples. Like it's just right. normal for him. So, and I'll tell y'all, man, out of our starting pitchers, Matthew Adams, man, he's been impressive to me so far this year. That guy, he threw over a hundred pitches Saturday. Yeah, I didn't mention, but he had eleven Ks, which was a career high for him in seven and a third yeah. innings. So um, he's he's finding the groove. I've been too. really impressed with him, and you know. Just several other guys we've seen, man. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season this year. It really will be. So, oh yeah, I want to mention one other thing on Friday night. I had written down, but didn't. I forgot to mention. But I don't. I don't want to. Uh, Danny Lynch, our boy, Danny doubles. He's uh he's coming through with some doubles. But that play, if y'all remember, in the eighth inning at third, they had two guys on, and he um it was a shot down the line, and he dove third base, and touched yeah. third base with his glove. That to me, right there, was probably what won the game for us. So just a smart, heady play. Oh, I by think him. Danny's got a good baseball IQ for sure. Yeah, he uh, he may not jump off stat sheets all the time, but he is he's a captain for a reason, right? That's right. You know, and he's a he's a good one. He did good uh, hitting that ball down opposite field, that left field line, and uh, getting a double out of that today. Yeah, and Slade Wilkes had almost. How impressive was the at bat? This is Sunday night we're recording. How impressive was Slade's at bat to y'all when he hits a foul ball mammoth home run up into the trees, and then the next at bat slows his swing down and just taps one opposite field when they Mm. shifted him. Right. He is seeing it different this year, man, and it's. Please keep it up, Slade. I know he listens. You know, everybody right, listens. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Slade, if you can hear me, please keep this up. It's so much fun. We, yeah, we approve. <laughs> and Tate Parker, man, he's hitting three fifty seven. That's welcome your boy, back. Chuck. Yeah, right. welcome back, Tate. I'm so glad to see him back out there. Chuck called Tate Parker. Tate's been his boy from the jump, man. Uh, Tate's Tate's rocking and rolling. He was hitting in the three hole today. So, um. Yeah, man, a lot of fun. A lot of fun so far. Looking forward to, to where we go from here. A lot of good times ahead, I think. A lot of good times. So, anything else you guys want to add to the roundup? No, I'm good. Mickey, you good? Yeah, I think we've covered, we've covered a, a lot. Good bit There'll tonight. be a test we, on it tomorrow. So. We got to move. We got to move fast whenever we got two all these sports happening right, at once. Right, no doubt. <laughs> I'll tell you, you blink twice and you're, well, we're almost done. So, yeah. So. Right. Well, Mickey, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's been an honor to have you. Thank you for having me, guys. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. We'll get you on again. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you and Tara and Katie on, man, making a family affair. 
Now that that would be interesting. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Lane, any final thoughts or words? Oh man, just ready to ready to get this next week going and see what's in store for our Golden Eagles, no both doubt. on the diamond and on the hardwood. So that's right, and in the circle, for sure, for sure. All right, well, uh, thank you, Mickey. Thank you, Lane, and thank you, Pate, for making a sound and look good. And um, until next time, and as always, Southern Myth to the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.